Christian Parenting. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Hey everybody, Guys, welcome. welcome to the show. This is Josh it's and I'm Paradox. Paradox and I'm Jimmy and man, do we have a great show in store for you today. You need to tone it down a bit. Okay. What are we doing anyway? It's, have it's, we decided? It's have a we... it's an okay show. Hopefully it impacts oh, one or two people. No, no, no. This show will be perfect. It will not be just okay. Mm-mm. It will be perfect. You know, there's a lot of shame wrapped up in perfection. Should we go there? Yes. Actually, we're going to go there. Okay. And because this is this is uh, coming out at Thanksgiving, so this is going to drop the week of Thanksgiving, what a great time to talk about perfectionism. Norman Rockwell. It ain't. It's not, it, it, it's, <laughs> Both it, of us had context for that comment, but no, no listener did. Why? Because I know what we mean when we say that. I know what you mean. But with Thanksgiving, there's a ton of pressure on families to have there it is a it. Norman Rockwell experience. And if you're under 60, that's a painting mm-hmm. of oh. a perfect family mm-hmm. with just the turkey in front, and we're all smiling, cutting yes. the bird. In our sweater vests. <laughs> if you're a wife, if you're a mom, if you're a grandma, there can be a ton of pressure at Thanksgiving. For this to look right and to smell right and everything comes out right and everything is decorated just right. So perfectionism tends to rear its head during times like holidays like this. But obviously, whether it's creating a perfect college resume starting in kindergarten or your Mm -hmm. kids' sports or, I mean, perfectionism, while we're talking about it, isn't just because it's Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, it impacts us daily. It does, and here's the thing: perfectionism. If 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 someone was to ask, I probably everyone would say, "Yeah, perfectionism is not good." Wink, wink. You know, we look at perfectionism sort of like we look at a workaholic. Okay, yeah, sure, that's bad, but really, it makes me look good because look how busy my calendar. Look how many appointments I have. Look, it's it like builds a, their self worth in a job interview when you're talking weaknesses. It's like, I, I probably care too much yeah. about my work. I'm a, I'm a bit of a workaholic. Uh, I just, yes. <laughs> I exactly. love people too well. So perfectionism tends to kind of fall in line there. But if you've been around a perfectionist, if you were raised by one, if you're married to one, if you are one, if you've just seen one on the street, we could define perfectionism as unrealistically high expectations and overly critical self-evaluations. Due to Mr. Webster, that's the definition. Oh, man, I thought you came up with that. 
Oh no, no. I was I was really in the moment going, man, that's good. Well, that is good. Wow, that really hits home. So uh, if you if you forget who said that, just attribute it to me. So here's the problem with perfectionism. Perfectionism is a type of an anxiety disorder, really, because everything has to be a certain way, or I can't stand it. It you know it's 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 almost an OCD type thing. A, a, an extreme example would be when people walk into my office and they just immediately begin straightening all the things on the wall. Everything has to be perfect. But you see that, to your point, stretched across all year, all cultures, all generations, uh, male, female, it doesn't matter. It reflects itself in the exact same way, but differently, depending on what the population is. In kids, you know, you will see this, that they'll get upset if something is not perfect. You'll have a kid that would rather not turn in homework yes. if it's not perfect. I've seen kids, you know, erase holes in their paper because their, you know, their font is not. They can get it done. penmanship. Of course, and then there's performance anxiety, you know, that I'm just going to have to do this in, in sports, not being the best. You know, I've got to be the best. No one can score more goals. No one can get more hits. Uh, I've got to be the best one in women, in moms and wives. You see this in how the house has to I be. I can't believe a white man's going to speak for women. Can you carry on, carry on, carry on. Would it help if I was Hispanic? Could I speak to? Yep. Yep. Okay. If you're Hispanic okay. or African-American, you could speak for women. Got it. So <laughs> when it comes to women, moms, wives, you're going to see this in, in, a fixation on, and I think that's a good word for, for perfectionism, is a fixation. Rumination. It's a fixation on, say, the house, that the house has to be done a certain way, that those pillows on the couch have to be arranged in a certain way. Uh, again, OCD is going to be an extreme example of this, but still, you have in perfectionism uh, a, a mom or a wife, a fixation on kids' performance, on their behavior, on how they're dressed. And just like a guy, they can't leave their work at home. They've got to continue, continue, continue because this presentation has to be. Well, and, they're, and just a parent that struggles with it is just ornery and upset all the time. Because the kid will never yeah. reach their expectations. Ever. I just. And I, I can tend to struggle with this a little bit. Um, a little bit. And there's just a, a, a tension in me. Even if my kids don't see it, there's just a tension. Well, now let's talk about dads and husbands. Oh, okay. You see the perfectionism come out in sports. We've talked about this, you know, just recently. So I, I would say that, you know, when it comes to sports dads, there's a lot of perfectionism in that. And to your point, there is. You see in men this irritation at substandard behavior. So it's not just women. It's not just men. It's not just parents. It's not just kids. It's everybody. You know, another problem is that people who struggle with perfectionism hold this double standard that they don't really see. That it, it'll go a couple of ways. They'll either hold other people to this perfectionistic standard that they don't hold themselves, 
or they'll hold themselves up to a standard that they don't then necessarily hold other people to. And a, that kind of a double standard, that kind of kind of relational hypocrisy is something that is that is lost on most people who struggle well, with that's perfectionism. The, the interesting thing, my biggest problem with it is that it is the antithesis of what Jesus tried to institute. When he was trying to early on establish his upside down world, if you, you can just look at the Beatitudes, it, the the one thing that he, the one people group that he railed against, the Pharisees, were the people that were striving for behavioral mm-hmm. perfection. And it wasn't blessed are the perfect and blessed are the people that always look nice. and ble- It was the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those that mourn and mm-hmm. blessed are the humble and the meek. And it it was this you're actually greater in the kingdom of God being imperfect mm-hmm. than you are yes. perfect. Because the last shall be first. We strive yeah. so hard to set up a pharisaical rule in our own life. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, stop the madness. Yeah. Would you just stop it? So one of the more interesting things about perfectionism is that it breeds, of all things, procrastination. I don't think a lot of people kind of see those two things as tied together, and yet they sort of are. When when you have someone who is a perfectionist, well, they're constantly evaluating, right? And mostly they're evaluating themselves. And when they have these really high standards and they're evaluating as to whether they are achieving these high standards, they don't live up to who they believe they're supposed to be. And the result of this constantly not measuring up is shame because we're not who we're supposed to be. It's a constant failing and I'm a failure and I feel bad about myself because I, and again, we, we, we've talked about this before, but the difference between guilt and shame, guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is I am something wrong. And a perfectionist sees them as being, they are something wrong because so often because they don't ever measure up. Therefore, if I'm not going to measure up, if I have difficulty achieving those standards, then I tend not to even attempt it. So I put off those things that would make me feel bad about myself. I just, or if I'm not going to do them or I'm not going to do them well, there was a, uh, a lady years ago, she wrote the, the Messies Manual about people who are messy and how they can you know, systematically clean their house. This is an adoption book? No, actually. Mm. And I forget who it was. But it was called the Messies Manual. And one of the types of Messies was the perfectionist messy, where... You know, you could just, you could grow things and all the dirt around the house, but they decided this weekend they were going to clean the bathroom and you could do surgery off the tile of the bathroom when the rest of the house is, is in shambles. So that's kind of this, how procrastination and perfection, if I can't do it to this extremely high level then I'm, I'm not even going to attempt it. And I, I want to belabor the point here, whether it's the double standard or the procrastination or the, that all that's leading to shame, the very thing that Jesus wanted to come save us from. Mm-hmm. Is that. And per- perfectionism just makes us waller in it. 
uh, there's got to be another way. Yeah. Um, so when we talk solutions, first thing is, is to realize to want to do something perfectly, that's good. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago in, in sports and we talked about the push is, you know, you do everything like you're doing it for Christ. So you want to do your absolute best that you can do. So wanting that to do really, really well is a good thing. Of course, that's a good thing. But needing to do something perfectly is not good. So wanting to do something perfect, that's great. I mean, that's how you achieve and do really, really well. But if I need it in order to feel as though I'm acceptable, uh, then that really, really cuts into our self-worth. I think this is more evidence that it's an perfectionism being just an anxiety disorder. This is a huge lesson for anxious people to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do the whole wants versus needs. Do I just want to do a good job or do I need to? And it's really a, it's a, it's a question of control. Who has the control? Does your anxiety have the control mm-hmm. and making you need to do certain things? Or is, is it you that has the ultimate control and just want to do something? I give an example in my own life where I shower before bed. I just kind of always have. It feels good to be clean when I sleep. And Katie one time challenged me. She was like, I don't think you can go to bed without showering. And I think we agreed for like 30 days or whatever it was. And I I do believe that after or before that experiment, it was a have to. Mm -hmm. It was a mental thing. It was hard for me to sleep Mm -hmm. at first. But if I I, I challenged myself for that month-long period, afterwards I returned to showering Mm -hmm. before I went to sleep. But at that point it was a want to and not necessarily that have to. And I'm glad because that was a time because you you went what a couple of months there without bathing at all. So I'm glad you. you yeah, were it was able another to get attempt back, to challenge. Get back the into that. And the, the needs. But you're you're right. When the angels came and said, "Hey, I have good news of great joy. You know, you're, you're going to have this Savior that's going to come take away the sins of the world." It was this the the good news was you are saved by grace, not of good works. And if you were raised in a, in a legalistic type of a religious environment growing up, then it feeds this perfectionism because God loves me if I do all the do's and I don't do any of the don'ts. And he, he doesn't like me. He's ashamed of me if I don't do all the do's and I do some of the don'ts. And so it, it, it feeds into this spiritual perfectionism. And if we're not careful, we will hand that down to our kids. If, if we communicate to them that they have to perform well for us to love them, then we're communicating they have to perform. They've got to be spiritually perfect in order for God to love them. And this is something that we've mentioned before as well. But the better your kid is, the higher the standards that parents tend to place on them. And I know we did that with you guys. And, and the, the example I always use is uh, Sarah sleeping through the early service when she was part of the, the chapel choir, the youth choir, and we let her go out on Saturday night to this party thing, but she had to be back because she had that responsibility early on, and she went to the party, but then she came home and, and slept through going to being a part of the chapel choir in the early service. And as I've shared this story before, Beth and I just reamed her out. Until we came to our senses that, oh, she actually 
Miss Church Choir once. And we had to really back off of that. And that's really early on, it dawned, dawned on me because all three of you guys were like these amazingly good kids. Our expectations of you were to virtually be sinless. And we can do that as parents without thinking, without acknowledging that's what we're doing. But when we look up, that's what we're doing. So there's just a couple of two or three things here about, you know, what do I do if this is me? Well, first off, you can acknowledge it because it's say, okay, because perfectionism is irrational thinking. And so I've got to acknowledge that that's what I'm doing, because if I can acknowledge it, then I can possibly catch myself in the midst of it. So just acknowledging it can be a very, very helpful thing and not acknowledging it, but not being proud of it. So it's acknowledging it and acknowledging that this is not a good thing. This Jesus didn't die for me to constantly be running, 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 trying to be perfect. The second thing is, is try to understand what's driving it. Have you ever asked why? I mean, why? Why do you need to be perfect? Why do you need this? Is there a core belief that stems from your childhood that I'm not lovable unless I earn that love. I don't know. And, and again, it's not that your parents ever told you, you know, unless you perform, I'm not going to love you. But was that the sense that you got? There was never congratulations. There was just no spontaneous acts of love and affection in your home. Way to goes, and I'm proud of you. Only surrounded times when you achieved. So, I mean, these this is unintentional stuff by parents. But if we can just try to, as best we can, begin digging down to say, hey, where is this drive, this necessity for perfection? Where is it coming from? And then, of course, uh, the great anti-anxiety tool is worst case scenario and getting your kids to learn to do this. You do this. Well, okay, if I'm not, to your point, taking a, sh- a shower before bed, what's worst case scenario? Well, you lived it for a month and it wasn't that bad. You know, the things that, the thing about anxiety, it's, it's the Wizard of Oz. It's, it's, you know, when you pull back the curtain, it's just a, just a little guy in glasses. There's, there is no, this thing that you fear that if I'm not perfect, if this, this Thanksgiving is not perfect, if my grades aren't perfect, if I, then it's just going to be horrible. And then, oh, no, not really. And it might make you uncomfortable. Yes. But it doesn't equal certain doom and death. Yes. And that's the showering, right? And so, uncomfortable is okay. And uncomfortable is okay. So, but I got to a place where it wasn't a have to shower anymore. Mm-hmm. I chose to then start to shower. It's not like this this thing that you just want to do, or at this point in your life, maybe need to or have to do. It's not like it's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, and if you challenge it enough, you potentially can uh, reinstitute it in your life. But it has to be a want to and not necessarily a have to. Mm -hmm. It has to be that I'd be okay if this didn't happen for me, but I just prefer that it do. And I I don't know. I realize that Jesus said that you were to be perfect. He commanded us to be perfect. You're to be perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. I get that. I understand that. Because to my knowledge, it was Tertullian and me. Those are the two people in the history of Christendom that have actually pulled off that perfectionism, being exactly, exactly like God the Father. Did you just bring out Tertullian? (laughs) I was trying to think of a church father, and he's the first one that Hmm. stumbled out. Mm -hmm. So 
Spell I his, get spell, it. Spell his name. It's Turd Tullian Turd. <laughs> it, I don't know, but it's he was a great man. Mm. So we've got to move from yes, we should try to be the best. Yes, absolutely. Do the I say we should try to be the best we can be. Do the best we can do. But I'm telling you, we should. <laughs> this sounds bad, but we need to adjust our standards to be good enough. And that's why I, I love the Christian parenting, you know, network motto of we are perfectly imperfect. We're good and we got to shoot for being a good enough mother, a good enough dad. You're not going to be everything to all people. Yeah. And this is going to step on toes. We're not going to have to, you're talking about it long. But what if we allowed our kids to be good enough students? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And good enough baseball players. Just good enough. Just a, a good enough violin player. Yeah. I'm just getting a little hot in here. <laughs> hot in her. So we just good enough. Because the last time I checked, Jesus loved, because I sang this, well, I only sang three verses of it for that. He loves us just as I am. Just as I am. I don't have to be perfect for Jesus to love me. Our children should not have to be perfect for us to love them. My spouse should not have to be perfect in order for me to love them. We're all life, good enough. liberty, and the pursuit of good enough. Thank you. That is definitely anti-American. Thank God it's anti-American. Mm-hmm. He came to save the humble and the meek and the mourning. Those that strive to be perfect, potentially, along with their shame, will never truly realize their mm. need for their creator. No, absolutely. Um, so Because they figure they'll get there on their own. Correct. When they stand before St. Peter and he says, why should I let you in? They'll say, well, Pete, you got a minute? Would you like all the reasons alphabetically or just off the top of my head? Because I got a ton of reasons why you should let me in. No. And if we're not careful, obviously we can deal with this in our own lives, but if we're not careful, we're, we are subconsciously producing kids that are the same way. Yes, and they're going to struggle the same. If you want more information about this episode or anything previously, uh, you can go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can also go to christianparenting.org slash paradox. We appreciate you guys for listening. We hope that you're sharing the show as well as reviewing it. Thank you guys and have a good rest of your day. Appreciate it. For more information about the voice of the Paradox Podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Mm-hmm.